It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We saw the Auburn Tigers for the last time before they take the field against the Mercer Bears. Look, I think something's missing. We'll talk about it on today's Locked on Auburn. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. It's the morning after Auburn's final open practice before they take on the Mercer Bears. And joining me as he will every Sunday morning throughout this football season and basketball season, Daryl Daprich. Radio veteran up in Montgomery. Thank you so much for joining me. Really, really appreciate it. All right, so you and I, we sat together during the open practice. And really, Daryl, it it was pretty boring, right? I mean, it was pretty (laughs) lackluster. But, of course, all eyes were on those quarterbacks. And despite, you know, throwing against air a lot, the passing game to me just doesn't seem to be where it needs to be at this point. There is no rhythm or fluidity at all to the passing game, even in a practice scenario where they're just throwing in cuts and out routes and they're looking just to get, you know, patterns down. And it just didn't seem like it flowed. There were balls that were thrown behind receivers. There were balls that were thrown over the head of heads of receivers, uh, targets that were put in the end zone that you were supposed to hit uh, in a mobile scenario when you're on the run were skipped. Uh, one hop, short hopped, or completely. I, I just, it felt like there was just no flow. That's the, and when you're talking about drills and exercises, there should be a flow. It should be rapid fire. It should be very, very precise, like a watch, right? And it just, it was clunky to me. And I don't know if that'll change once the lights come on and the bullets start flying yeah. and adrenaline. You know, sometimes some quarterback, Zach, on instinct, and on flow during a game and the adrenaline going, they get sharper. It sure. hones their skills than a lazy practice where you're not as sharp. Maybe you're not as focused or honed in. Yeah, and that's something that a lot of Auburn fans have been kind of saying, hey, maybe Robbie Ashford could be one of those guys. And look, I, I maybe, maybe. We don't know because he hasn't played college football yet, but perhaps, perhaps he could do that once he gets into a game. And I think he will get into a game later this week when, uh, when Auburn – does host Mercer. Of the four quarterbacks, to me, TJ Finley just looks so much better than the other three on Saturday. And then I would say it was it may have been Holden Gurner second. Yes. <laughs> and yes. then Zach Calzada. Robbie Ashford did not appear to have a good practice to me on uh, on Saturday. He did not. And I, I want to go back to that for a second, though, because I, now when I say this, I'm not comparing – Robbie Ashford to these two type these two quarterbacks. Okay. But I remember when I was younger and Damian Craig 
was, you know, Auburn's quarterback, watching him in warmups, and he just did not look good in the games that I would go to. He was the kind of guy that when the play broke down and he rolled out of the pocket, he'd keep his eyes downfield and he made big plays. Nick Marshall did not look good when you watched him drop back in warmups for Auburn and throw the football, you know, compared to Jeremy Johnson, who slung it and looked good in, in warmups. So maybe, just maybe, Ashford is that type of quarterback in a game scenario where bodies are flying and he gets outside the pocket. And guess what? He doesn't think about it. It yeah. becomes less structured mm-hmm. and more, not backyard football, but let me make a play, scramble, make a play. But he, in a, in a structured setting, he struggles. Gurner does not. He looked footwork, good release. And Finley, to me, is just so big and such a physical specimen mm-hmm. that the ball comes out of his hand different. He just flicks it. But if he doesn't get it out quick and he's not able to elude the yeah. rush. The play's over. Yeah, it's, it's, it's over. And he's going to be in a world of trouble. So those were two things I think we saw consistently, both with TJ and with Robbie, when they were going up against a, I'm using air quotes here, a live defense, a a pass rush. Both of them were looking to scramble very, very early. And look, obviously a lot of things, Daryl, go into that. Offensive line protection is, is a major thing, as well as separation. You need your wide receivers to separate from defenders and both of those things were issues. The wide receivers were not getting open, and the offensive line was not protecting them consistently um, throughout, uh, throughout yesterday's practice. And so you saw TJ do more of the stepping up to try to you know, get back to the line of scrimmage, and you saw Robbie, as soon as there was pressure, kind of do that, that rolling out to, to get outside of the pocket. And to do that, you got to go four or five yards deeper away from the line of scrimmage to kind of get that angle to go outside which makes sense. He's a lot faster than TJ, so he's going to be able to win some of those. But that's just stuff that Auburn fans has... I mean, we've been frustrated with that for a long time. I mean, Bo Nix would do it. You know, just the desire to get out of the pocket instantly. Jarrett Stidham in his second year, we really, really saw that because he didn't trust the guys in front of him. It really gave me flashbacks to, to what, I guess, 2018 Jarrett Stidham. And it's like, man, I, I don't want to see that again. No, that's a great point. I, I was going to make the point about Bo Nix. That was the one thing that a lot of people would really, really harp on and criticize him his first two years was he got out of the pocket too quick. Yeah. And so in Harson's system last year, we were really anxious to see if he would stay in the pocket more. Do you know what I would like to see? And I'm not an offensive coordinator, but Auburn's quarterbacks to escape trouble always seem to roll in the unnatural side, the opposite direction. Right, they go, they they turn away from the play and rotate out the opposite direction instead of what we used to see in a traditional rollout passers. You take the snap, snap, and if you're a right-handed thrower, you roll to the right. Auburn's quarterbacks today constantly went left against the ball, against the grain, against yeah. the natural motion, and then are trying to throw across their body. I, you know, a guy like Ashford, even TJ, I'd love to see some design rollouts where they. If, if you're getting that kind of pressure and your offensive line is not handling it, then put the rollout into the offense for them and let them roll to their natural side. And, and we, saw that that, we saw that a little bit with when Ashford went in and the offense changed in the spring game several, several yeah. months ago. It feels like an eternity ago, but we did see that to, to some extent. So 
We'll see if that continues. We'll see what that looks like when there's actually an install. I don't think there's enough evidence just from Saturday to be like, oh my gosh, this is bad. But we're just kind of basing it on what we've seen so far. And then also just the notes that we've heard throughout fall camp where it's just been like, yeah, I don't think the passing offense is ultimately where it needs to be. Just some of it looks difficult. And also, I think we need to add the note that there was a lot of unique and odd groupings where it'd be like half the starting offensive line, half the backup offensive line, one starting wide receiver, a second or third string wide receiver, a walk-on at the slot, and then just a random running back behind the quarter. I mean, there was a lot of weird groupings. And, and I said it to you probably five or six times throughout the hour that we watched practice together. It's like, hmm, that's a weird set. Like, <laughs> why, why is that yeah. the personnel group? But there were a lot of guys, Daryl, that, that didn't really do a whole lot. Like Tank Bigsby didn't play a whole lot. He did some of the, the you know, the pace drills and, and non-contact stuff, um, as well as like Austin Troxel. And, and those were kind of the main two guys that I noticed. Jarquez Hunter, I think, was kind of being held out. And I don't think there's anything wrong with him. I think we're just giving him a break. I, I don't think we're supposed to read into that at all. Just got to give other guys reps. But all in all, it's just like, I, I don't think that practice really meant that much, you know? You made a great point. Uh, at some point, I don't know, I was getting delirious because the hot sun beating down on me. But you was, made a really good point. Uh, yeah, it was a little toasty. You made a good point about how I said, well, maybe they're doing these weird groupings because it's an open practice and they don't want anything to be spied. Maybe they don't want to get anybody to pick up tendencies or who is going to start. Yeah. And really what you said nailed it. Then why have one? I mean, then just have a practice. I mean, I mean, you're you're really serving no purpose unless it was just to be there just for the fans to see some players. And so because of that, they weren't going to show much. I mean, I suspect when Troxel's healthy, we pretty much know the the, the offensive line. I, I say that. I still feel like the Stutz-Brandon Council battle at guard yeah. is going on. But other than that, I think the offensive line is set. I think we saw the receiving core. I think Coy Moore jumps back into that group mm-hmm. uh, by the time that first game happens. Uh, but, yeah, I think we have a pretty good idea of, of where things are going to be. And so because that grouping was just – Maybe a way of not giving people too much, or if there were injuries, then they'd have to find another combination that worked. Right. I I, I want to talk about Mercer. Mercer played yesterday, as well as a, a former Auburn Tiger playing yesterday, and what that means moving forward going into game week. Yes, folks, it's game week. But first things first. Hey, are you one of those people who think it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that could happen? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? No, of course it's not. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high and you don't only put yourself in danger, but everybody on the road around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. It's that simple. Drive high and get a DUI. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today 
That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Zach Blackerby, Daryl Daprich here on Locked On Auburn. So, man, these Mercer, uh, these Mercer Bears yesterday took it to the Moorhead State Eagles. They won 63-13. to Obviously, Moorhead State, not an impressive football team, but over 600 total yards for Mercer on offense. Do you think it gives them any sort of advantage? Obviously, they have to come to Auburn, and the talent gap is insurmountable, I think. But you got to think they're going to have some offensive confidence. They just put up 600 yards. Now they're probably fired up, and they get a chance to, you know, shock the world and do something against Auburn. Uh, you buying anything from this? You taking anything away? Well, I, I, this, what I take away is that what I've been saying all offseason is if anybody thinks that Mercer and San Jose State are Akron and Alabama State, they are sadly mistaken. Auburn's first two opponents, although they should win both of those games yeah. and, and, and win them – you know, fairly comfortably is not the same. Mercer will come into Auburn with confidence because they came into Auburn in 2017 against a much better Auburn team offensively. True. And Mercer was five and six that year and played Auburn off its feet for about three quarters. Now, I get it. You know, Jared Stidham was getting established and there were some things that needed to happen, but you had on Johnson, you had Jared Stidham, you had a better offensive line, in my opinion. So Mercer will absolutely uh, come into this with some confidence and not intimidated having played there before. Now, these kids didn't. These are all different kids, but they have that film to go by. Their their offense, Zach, although impressive and putting up those kind of yards, rushing the football, plays right in the hands of Auburn's strengths on defense. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Hey, I mean, their quarterback went out there and did what he needed to do. Fred Payton, 11 of 17 Passing 248 yards through four touchdowns, Daryl. And then uh, the backup, Daniel Shock, only threw three passes, completed two of them, but he also scored a passing touchdown. So uh, a lot of scoring through the air, and that'll be something that, that maybe we need to see in, in red zone situations if they like to score through the air. They scored more passing touchdowns than rushing touchdowns, to my understanding. Yep, five to three. So we'll see. We'll see if that's how they choose to attack Auburn. You gotta think that, that they're gonna. Yeah, the be- rush, the excuse me, the rush that Moorhead State presented with, and, and their line is a little bit small. Mercer's yeah. offensive line. I think the rush that Auburn's gonna bring is gonna look completely different than a Moorhead State rush. Yeah, you gotta think. If not, it's gonna be a long year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, These podcasts will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we're recording this during the Alabama State game, and man. D. Davis is off to a good start. He is. Uh, I, look, the former, you know, said, the former Auburn quarterback, right? I said that there was going to be, and I, and I imagine we're going to hear a lot of it this morning uh, when when this gets posted in comment section. The overreaction from the Auburn fan base is going to be glorious. To this, let me just tell you, D. Davis. I expected him to play well. He's he's probably he's playing really well against an FCS opponent. That struggles defensively, the Howard Bison. So, yeah, I mean, give the kid credit, a redshirt freshman. I expected him to help Alabama State this year from an offensive standpoint to have something they haven't had in years. But by no means, we need to pump the brakes to think that equates to, oh my gosh, look at our quarterbacks in fall and how bad they look today. And D. Davis could be, I, he doesn't, the size and the arm strength and that kind of thing, the offense is just more suited for him 
at Alabama State. Now, let me say this. Yeah. A Gus Malzahn offense, he might have benefited in. But, you know, a little bit different than that Harson pro-style drop back. So I'm, and that's what he was recruited. He was recruited by Gus Malzahn. So different system that he's probably better suited for. Yeah, that was a fun game to watch after we got home and everything, and that was on uh, ESPN. That was cool to see him running around out there and and doing well, assuming he continues to do well after um, after this goes up. But, um, Daryl, as far as any other parting shots from the practice, I was looking over stuff that I wrote down. They had J.D. Rim. There were some sets where he lined up at outside corner, and... It was with the twos. He was at the outside corner spot, and Keontae Scott was with the he was the backup nickel. I thought that was interesting because we heard so early on how impressive JD Remmett looked at nickel, and we're like, oh, okay, maybe he'll be the backup nickel. But it sounds like Keontae Scott's really turned it on over the course of fall camp. I thought that note was interesting, and then the other note was with, with Troxel not being out there. Um, the backup right guard was was Brendan Coffey, which. Is it a huge surprise? But we got some clarification on that. One thing I couldn't tell, first of all, Keontae, Keontae Scott's a stud, and I don't know how they're going to keep him off the field. Everything the coaches have said about him, how he's a guy that could be in the league, in, in the league and play at the next level, yeah. I think he's going to be a huge addition to Auburn's defense. But what I saw in little bits and pieces, and I, I really wished I could see more or will know more Saturday – Auburn played a lot tighter press man coverage. Remember last year, oh my goodness, when Derek Mason would drop into that zone and we absolutely got picked apart like Mississippi State, and they looked different. They looked different against Alabama, and they played more press man. They got up to the line of scrimmage. Our corners really, really were in tight with the receivers. It wasn't a zone to me. It was hard to tell. They may just be disguising some coverages, but they look to be playing a lot more press man and a lot aggressive man-to-man defense, our corners. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good note. And I think a lot of Auburn folks will really appreciate that. Daryl, the next time we talk, we will be recapping an Auburn football game. I can't, Unbelievable. I can't believe it. It's finally here. I can't believe it. It's going to be uh, an absolute blast. So I'll see you Sunday, my friend. Take care, brother. Have a good one. Yeah, you too, man. You too. Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Yeah, it is, uh, it is the 28th of August, and I believe we have put up a show every day in August. We're not playing around. Football is back. Locked on Auburn is um, growing like crazy. So thank you um, to all the audio listeners as well as the video listeners on YouTube. It's been really, really cool to see. So, hey, we'll be back tomorrow on Monday with Lindsey Crosby to recap everything else over the weekend and to look forward to Mercer. Happy game week, everyone. Enjoy your day. This has been Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.